Welcome to Garage A Trois. Thanks for listening. What am I grateful for? For this podcast. <laughs> it's happening. It's happening. What's better than doing it once? Doing it twice. <laughs> and um, still working on the bathroom. okay so i feel like we should be fully transparent with people we had a very fun recording session this morning it was so good it was so good maybe the best we've ever done Um, but it's (laughs) going to be like the monster mash which as you know no one has heard the monster mash they've only heard a song about the monster mash it was a graveyard smash. So we recorded, we had some laughs. Marie admitted something that is both simultaneously embarrassing and also, I would bet, universal, which is that she broke <laughs> where she is staying. And then it didn't actually save the recording. So this is take two. Take two. I think it's going to be better than ever as long as this fucking thing is recording as it is but i'm gonna need you to go back and explain to all of us what what you did to the toilet where you are (laughs) okay just to be clear it was broken before i decided to use it but then when i went to use it like it just wouldn't flush and that is like Worst case scenario, worst nightmare when you're staying in someone else's house. So um, we're in Michigan right now. We're at my in-law's house and my mother-in-law, Robin, has probably gone to the hardware store now three times. I think Harry's Harry, her husband, Harry, is has now now has to go get a different part. <laughs> like there's we're one bathroom down at the house right now because I discovered a problem. Oh, are you giving yourself credit for this? Is that what you're telling me? All right, here you're actually raising a question, which is did they know that the toilet wasn't working when they allowed you to sit your little tush on the pot? They knew that it was just taking a long time for the tank to fill. So okay. like between uses it would take a really long time for the tank to fill. And by the time I got to it, like the tank was not doing anything. The tank was empty and we had to pour like pots of water down just to get it to flush. <laughs> Which actually works pretty well. I mean, if you just pour a lot of water in the, in the toilet bowl, it will flush. Cause it's, oh, yeah. It's, yeah. Right. I'm not becoming a toilet expert on you. I just have had the experience <laughs> of, uh, I think I was cleaning a toilet and I dumped a bucket of water in it and it flushed and I was like horrified because I didn't know that toilets are magic. That was a thing. Yes. Yeah. Um, is this like a Jeff Daniels and Dumb and Dumber type situation? Like how, how bad of a, of a situation were you having to <laughs> come clean on? It was not bad, but it was to the point where you just wanted it to go down and it was not going down and I'm like shoot or literally so, shit yeah mm-hmm. or shit yeah so 
I feel like potty disasters are never fun. When they happen in private, all the better. But I remember I hosted a barbecue at my house once. And I had a lot of colleagues who were there. I believe you were there. And I had a a guy who I worked with who lived across, almost like practically across the street. Um, And he had brought his family over, which I thought was very sweet. But one of the kids, I don't know which one, clogged my toilet. And they came like frantically running out. And they're like, the toilet's overflowing. The toilet's overflowing. Where's your plunger? And I was like, I don't have a plunger. I'm a single woman. What do I need a plunger for? (laughs) Not to shame anyone who's, you know, poops are oversized or whatever, but, you know, eat some fiber. And they had to run back across the street to their house and get a plunger. And luckily the bathroom, as most bathrooms should be, you know, the floor was just tile, so it wasn't a big deal. But um, to this day, I wonder which one it was. Which one of those kids clogged my toilet? (laughs) (laughs) They'll never tell. I shouldn't have told you that because I feel like you're going to want to pretend like this never happened. And I'm telling you that five years later, I'm still wondering who clogged my toilet. So maybe that was the wrong story to tell. (laughs) Now, is Harry's family, like, will they tease you about this? Or is this never going to be spoken of again? (laughs) No, no. I think they knew something was up before my usage, but, and Harry, it luckily it was like just me and Harry here, my husband, Harry here, like at the time, the time that it happened, I think Nana ran to the store or something with the girls or they were on a walk. I don't know. So I was like, thank God no one else is here to have to like, um, Robin, <laughs> oh. can I please have a jug of water to pour down your toilet <laughs> this wouldn't happen if they were just using sawdust toilets like the rest of us <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you oh, are man. with your in-laws for thanksgiving yes we actually traveled last friday i was pretty um nervous about it all but you know we were well wore masks and harry got us the little um shields face shields oh sure yeah and the kids um the kids got them too and they were pretty good about wearing them the whole time um lax was the terminals were really packed it felt like because like none of the restaurants or bars or anything were open so like everyone just had to be in the terminal you can only like take away food or drinks or whatever oh sure yeah that would make it crowded because they have a ton of like dining and shopping there right so everything was pretty um self-serve so everyone was just out in the terminal but it was nice that once we got on the flight the flight was like totally empty there were probably 30 people on the entire flight so we're all spread out and that made me feel a little better was it weird like uh, I don't know if you have traveled at all during this time was it weird to be traveling it felt weird I felt a little guilty like there's definitely a stigma I think attached to it right now for you know CDC guidelines are saying please don't travel um but at the same time Harry was like this is gonna be like one of the only times I get to see my folks 
before he starts work. So once he starts filming it, it'll be a different story. He won't be able to go anywhere. So yeah. So Harry works in the film industry and he has the kind of job where when a project starts, it's not like you can just take a couple days off in the middle of a shoot. It's like a sustained effort. So it's sort of a different employment situation than I think a lot of people (laughs) who can take a, a day here or there, take a long weekend or that sort of thing. Yep, not happening. So, you know what I think is hard, Marie? So, we are not traveling for Thanksgiving, but I, I don't feel I didn't like when you told me that you were traveling, I didn't have any kind of reaction to it. Um, other than just the concept of travel feels impossible, <laughs> it feels physically impossible yeah. right now. But I do think it ha- we're just so polarized right now. And it has become so politicized that I feel like even people who are behaving reasonably, and I really feel like that was the encouragement. The encouragement was behave reasonably. Don't do what you've done every other year. Don't pack a bunch of randos. Don't have your friends giving, you know, don't, don't behave differently than you would have at any other point this year. And I feel like people are like twisting it because they're having such a freak out and they're like, you don't want me to see my dying grandma you know and it's like ted cruz is tweeting weird stupid come and take it tweets and you know it has just become so over the top that when people do behave responsibly here you're traveling a week ahead of time you've got your ppe i'm sure that your in-laws have been social distancing themselves it's like when you behave responsibly you're the one who's feeling bad about it and then there are the people who are misbehaving who don't feel bad about it i just saw this article i think it might have been on new york magazine's website that was talking about how the social scene in new york stopped in the spring it just went quote unquote underground and they have these horrifying photos of people like packed in apartments at a party you know the, the caption says without a mask in sight so i feel like there's just these like extreme polarity of behavior right now that the conscientious people are feeling like shit and the ones who don't care didn't care to begin with don't give a fuck that you guys made that trip um i know your in-laws somewhat your mother-in-law a little bit better than your father-in-law and they're just such wonderful sweet kind of classically midwestern people do they have any fun thanksgiving traditions that you guys are gonna do well because there's not enough food on thanksgiving (laughs) harry's family has this tradition where they do lasagna for lunch and then followed by the full Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner. So we will be having, like, at, at noon, a big old lasagna and Caesar salad. <laughs> and then more food probably at, like, 5 o'clock. Uh, okay. This, this is fascinating. Is They are Italian. Is that right? Harry's dad's side is, yeah. Okay. So Robin has ex- adopted the tradition and makes the lasagna. It's like a three-day lasagna building and baking process like do we're doing the sauce today and then tomorrow she builds the lasagna and then thursday we'll bake it up to eat it bake it up (laughs) (laughs) uh okay so that was my first question my second question is 
Um, are, am I understanding correctly that you are having two separate and distinct meals on Thanksgiving? Oh, Maybe yes. even three? Are you having any kind of breakfast? Um, I've only heard mimosas <laughs> <laughs> so far. <laughs> so, sure. That is my, my kind of breakfast. I'm into it. That sounds amazing, actually. I have maybe had mimosas three or four times in my entire life because I am a savory person. So if okay. I'm going to have breakfast alcohol, I go Bloody Mary. Sure. So no shade on the mimosas, but I don't have deep experience with the mimosas. Plus the couple times I've had them, I've gotten shwasty. Oh yeah. Yeah. That sugar, sugar best. plus bubbles is probably the worst yeah. combination of alcohol I could possibly <laughs> drink. <laughs> You're right. You gotta get like a, oh, it's 10 a.m. I already have a headache. What's going on? You just described me anytime I do drink. I feel like my body knows that I am like trying to imbibe before 5 p.m. And is like, oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) Too early. Um, Okay. So you are having more than one meal. I find that fascinating because we, I think just over the years have adopted a different approach which is we sort of like graze until around two and then we have our meal around like two or three o'clock and then we just continue (laughs) we just keep going we just like we'll eat leftovers from then on so we kind of only have one meal but it's happening like a bell curve it's happening the whole day there's no like now we're done with lunch Oh, yeah, that's respectable. I eat a lot of olives. That's like sort of a favorite snack of mine because I tell myself that they're not as bad for me as like something carby. But I'm sure I'm probably ingesting a year's worth of sodium in a single day. (laughs) (laughs) We also have a dish that um, it feels Midwestern. I don't know if it's Midwestern, but we call it layered salad. Um, I was using air quotes just then. You have to have a clear dish, so like a glass bowl. Okay. And you put the following in it, Marie. And I'm going to assure you that it is freaking delicious, even though it sounds absolutely disgusting. (laughs) You mix the following. Iceberg lettuce. that You like rip into chunks. Just throw in there. You just throw it in. Uh, sliced <laughs> green onion, water chestnuts. Are you familiar? Oh, okay. I, That's an interesting yeah, one. Yeah, it gives a little bit of crunch. Water chestnuts. Okay, and then you top it with a mixture of mayonnaise and Parmesan cheese. Okay. Stay with me. And then you garnish it with sliced. Hard-boiled eggs and tomatoes. Oh, wait. I forgot the most important ingredient. Frozen peas. What? I know. So you put the peas on before you put the mayo. And then you leave it overnight. And that is a crucial component. And that is literally, honestly, the reason why I don't have it every day of my life. Is because I'm not planning that far (laughs) ahead. Who's planning far enough ahead? As I say it out loud, I realize I could probably just cook the peas. Or thaw them in the microwave. That never occurred to me. 
Um, but yeah. Oh, because the peas, the peas will thaw overnight as it's sitting in the. Okay. But I don't know it. why. I don't know what the the purpose of that <laughs> is. It's to the food gods. It's a mystery. But yeah, so that is my family's probably uniquely eccentric Thanksgiving meal. That could court, sort of be like a um, like a deconstructed cob. No cob. Wedge? wedge wedge salad what's the what yeah the iceberg and the... wedge salads are classy they like serve them at steakhouses yeah yeah i love a good wedge <laughs> thank you that was very generous of you i don't know if that was the inspiration for it but i'm going to call it a modified <laughs> wedge salad from here out there you thank go. you you have halic, halic the, you have enabled me <laughs> <laughs> well i would love to know what are you grateful for this very bizarre year um yeah well i'm obviously grateful for you and in this podcast and season two um you know fam- my family and friends we're we're all doing okay during the pandemic we're healthy um we haven't suffered any severe hardship which i can't you know a lot of people are going through rough times yeah. so i'm super thankful for that um so this is a weird one my specific one <laughs> oh, no. is it the toilet are you grateful for toilets <laughs> i'm grateful for my period oh did we have a little pregnancy scare <laughs> no 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 quite the opposite um and this might be tmi for some people but <laughs> my hubby my hubby got a vasectomy earlier this year and so I was finally able to get my IUD out and no birth control. I'm free. I haven't had uh, my period in probably like seven years. I'm trying to think like how old Lola is. Like, so it's, I'm, I'm thankful for not having <laughs> a foreign object. Oh inside man. Me Marie, that's a big deal. <laughs> that was so vulnerable of you yeah. to share that. Also vulnerable on Harry's behalf. <laughs> Thanks, Harry. Hey, babe. <laughs> Thanks, babe. <laughs> That's a huge deal. I feel like, you know, bodily autonomy and how we feel in relationship to our body is such a big deal. That's such a beautiful thing to be thankful for. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. Also, what? I'm on my period on vacation. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, what a great attitude to have because I feel like uh, you're going to have to, like, go back to your younger days of, like, stashing pads and tampons everywhere just in case. Oh, yeah. Great. The time-honored tradition of every menstruating female of just knowing that <laughs> a pad or a tampon has to be, like, within arm's reach at all times. <laughs> all times. <laughs> that was so good. That was so feminist. I'm totally inspired by that. Oh, no, that's wonderful. I feel like part of what we've been really challenged with, especially my niece is definitely coming into what I would describe as like her, her social consciousness. And she's um, really becoming an activist in a lot of ways in the ways that seniors can while they're having to stay home right now, but just really becoming aware of, of what's going on in the world. And um, yeah, I think, you know, it's challenging because I, I want to encourage her, but a lot of the sort of, you know, dialectic is like, okay, well, Thanksgiving is coming up. You know, are we just not celebrating Thanksgiving? 
how can we as white people, you know, as colonizers, I mean, I, I literally had a relative, an ancestor who was on the Mayflower. He's famous for having fallen off the boat. Uh, wow. There's actually a children's book. It's called something like The Boy Who Fell Off the Mayflower. His name's John Howland. We actually got to see his grave last summer. We went to Plymouth and, and went to the graveyard um, where my ancestors are buried. It's pretty crazy. But it's also, you know, this is what it looks like to dismantle white supremacy is to refuse to celebrate the tradition of a holiday that is really ugly. You know, and there have been these stories. I think I right. saw in the New York Times earlier this week. It was like the, you know, pilgrims packed 400 years later and i'm like nah fuck you if you're gonna write a story about that you need to write a story about the consequences of it not the decision that was made in the moment and so we have really been trying to figure out how to decolonize thanksgiving how to be grateful to have that time off to rest and spend time with family but really not pretend like it's anything other than just the continued example of you know, the systemic racism that, you know, Columbus Day still somehow persists, even though it's Indigenous Peoples Day, so many other places. I don't know if you guys have talked about that at all, or if you have any ideas for how we can decolonize our Thanksgiving. Yeah, I did um, a little bit of research. So I found this article on popsugar.com. Oh, I love popsugar. Some suggestions. Yeah, yeah. So um, they suggest to make an effort to learn about the Native people and tribes in your region, um, including their history, culture, and ties to the land. And I know Ventura, having one of the um, missions uh, from Juanipero Serra, it's it's been controversial because we had this giant statue of him in front of City Hall, and but he, you know going back into history and knowing that indigenous people had built those missions and were basically enslaved. It's just like, you have to really understand the history to, to be able to teach Definitely. the next generation. Yeah. And hopefully you can uh, make up for some of your mistakes or your ancestors mistakes. Okay. So um, learn about the, the native people in your region. Um, we can donate to organizations like the Native American Heritage Association, the First Nations Development Institute, the Native American Rights Fund, and my favorite, the Adopt a Native. Oh Elder my Program. God, that's so sweet! <laughs> I love that. Um, they also suggest that we consume more indigenous indigenous media. Um such as High Country News, Indian Country Today, or Native American Calling. And one of the most important ones, especially in like American sports, um, we can say no to Native American themed mascots Ooh. and any commercial products. That feels like such an easy one. one. You know, I feel like we're going to look back on this time of having these mascots in professional sports and we're just gonna wonder why the fuck we let it go on for so long yeah it's just crazy and it's something that feels like it should be fairly straightforward so squaw valley is a ski resort um that 
has had that name. I think they said for something like a hundred years, it's where the Olympics were held. Um, <clears throat> I want to say in the 1980s, I apologize if I'm remembering wrong, but they announced maybe four months ago that they're actually going to rename because they, they have come wow. to recognize that the term squaw is derogatory and they are going through a whole process. So they announced that they were making the change before they had made it, um, which I believe is what the Redskins are in the process of doing. I ha actually haven't seen any announcements from them recently. Yeah, right, the Washington football team currently because they haven't said what, they, what their new mascot was gonna be. And you just hope that there are other entities that can recognize that acknowledge that it's going to take a while to make a change but to just fucking do it and have the courage to, to yeah. make that change that was such a good list thank you marie yeah. well yeah, and always. this is a moment too i think for us to really recognize the contributions of native voters in this election you know as a voting block they had to overcome just almost insane disenfranchisement you know you have a situation where people who are living on reservations don't necessarily have the same, you know, street numbering system that we do with the, you know, USPS. Right. And they were trying to use that to disenfranchise voters based on being able to match addresses with their registration. I mean, they really had to overcome a lot and are credited with being a, a big reason why President Biden, President-elect Biden um, won. So, you know, I feel like us really kind of reframing Thanksgiving to be grateful for whose land we're on uh, here where uh, we are yeah. in Chumash land um, and also donating to those organizations. We'll put those in the show notes. That was awesome. Absolutely. Well, I want to share something that I am thankful for. I have begged yeah. you, pleaded, and <laughs> I have gotten my hands on a clip of you doing stand-up comedy. I think that I am maybe your biggest fan. Maybe there's some other super fan out there. I know that Aaron is a, <laughs> a fan of the podcast, so I'm sure he's also a fan of your comedy. Oh, yeah. um, I got my hands on a performance that you did at the Hollywood Improv. Do you remember this? Yes, I do. Um, that was actually, Harry had gotten me a class for Christmas, I think, one year. And I took the class and that was like our graduation show. So we all got to perform in front of like family and friends. And that was a lot of fun. That was actually probably, yeah, I feel really good about so, that. So I don't know if it was the perspective or the fact that it is fucking hilarious, but you are killing it. Like the laughter in the room, you almost can't even hear you talking. And I was like, God, this is like the dream. <laughs> this is the dream. But like get up and just have people just like lose their shit over how funny you are. Um, do you want to talk about the bit at all? You don't have to necessarily explain it. It's five minutes. We're going to put it right at the end of this. Um, but is there anything you want to do to kind of tee it up? Do you want to sort of talk about your process? You said this was specifically for a class. Yeah, we had to. We went through all the different sort of like genres of comedian you could be. Um, and then started working on material. And we would have to come with material every week and perform in front of each other. And just building up to um, a five-minute, almost six-minute set to perform and at this show at the Improv was um, it was a good. Five experience. minutes is a long time. Do you know that Mitch Hedberg joke? Um, he's talking. Are you 
a fan of Mitch Hedberg, R.I.P. Oh, yes. He says yeah, something yeah, like, 45 minutes of comedy, that's tough. You can't start off super interesting. You can't be like, waffles at first you're all excited and by the end you're fucking sick of them (laughs) (laughs) what if it's pancakes and i just totally got that joke wrong my brother's gonna be so mad at me but um five minutes is a long time how did it feel to do that much all in a row did it feel good it felt good there's like five minutes you think oh my god i'm never gonna feel this time (laughs) and then there's these you know amazing comedians that do these hour specials and you're like holy shit like (laughs) uh but they're all pros you know um yeah five minutes it feels like a long time but i think you know you kind of get into a rhythm and you hope you get laughs and that fills some of the time too (laughs) you're just like basking in the the glow of long laughter well you and i got to see alana um, from Broad City to comedy. God, yes. how long ago was that? A year? A year ago? Yeah, right before. Yeah, I'm sure. And I remember yeah, walking out of that and turning to you and being like, "That, that is you. That could be you. She just did an hour of comedy. Everyone <laughs> was just absolutely shitting themselves. But you, you are just as funny. I think your material is amazing. It's really cool to kind of know your process a little bit because now that you say that you kind of figure out like what kind of comedian you're going to be. I see that because I feel like your comedy is so uniquely you. I've known you for a long time. Um, let's do math. Oh. 15 years, 14 years. Oh, holy wow. shit. We're old. Um, but your jokes are just so uniquely you, you have this kind of playful, like, you look like you're about to cause trouble. Like your your like whole vibe <laughs> to me. I've said this before about you. Is like I never know when you're drunk because you'll just be like totally chilling, having a good time, and then next thing I you know, you're like jumping in the pool with your clothes on. Like I I don't. You're like you have a lot of layers to you. So I feel like your comedy is just such a good representation of that too. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that sort of. You know, I look pretty under the radar, sort of innocent, and then I open my mouth and you're like, holy (laughs) shit, this bitch is crazy. (laughs) Well, how do we say anything other than uh, introducing Marie at the Hollywood Improv? Please enjoy. Age 40 is closing in on me like Trump on a Miss America contestant. (laughs) I have two full-time jobs, mom and the one that pays for all my kids. (laughs) I love my family, I love my kids. I tell myself that every day. (laughs) Shit can get <laughs> the entire room will judge me when I say that my eldest daughter will be 20 years old this year. I can't believe it myself, man. 
she's Ha, 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 ha. 
which is a recipe for disaster because I'm a notorious flirt. <laughs> I have been eyeing you all night, sir. Uh -oh. is, is this your date? This is my wife. Your wife? I'm into it. Bring her. <laughs> Do you guys see for the show? Do you want to get a couple of drinks? Can you just turn around and my, so my husband can get a good look? When you do comedy, you have to start strong, and you have to finish strong. Those are the tricks, right? You can't be like pancakes, all exciting at first, but then by the end, you're sick of them. This has been Garage Atua. Thanks for listening.